Welcome, everyone, to the Care Team Podcast, episode 22. Can you believe it? We've had 22 episodes. Wow. This one will be airing on 11121. Um, just want to welcome you. We like to say here, change your mind, change your life. Today, we're going to be discussing um, some of the impacts of guilt and shame, the differences of those things, and what Scripture has to say about that. But Tommy has brought something fun for us, as he usually does. So, Tommy, I'm going <laughs> to hand it over to you. All right. So, uh, our soft start today is we are going to talk about Valentine Day. Since Valentine's Day is coming up, uh, we want to talk about either uh, fails or really cool stories. Uh, and I'll, I'll go ahead and lead off myself. I'm, I, we even got some really cool music we're going to play for this event here. Uh, <laughs> some playful, romantic, Lori, music. Lori's face is not saying cool to me right now. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a playful, fun song. Anyways, so for mine, I'll, I'll kick it off. Uh, I uh, actually, Tom and I were surprised to hear that we both proposed on Valentine's Day. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, not to one another. Yeah, not to one another. <laughs> uh, but it was uh, for us. It was 1997, and uh, I had pla- was it really the same? Yes. Oh man, that's that's freaky. Are you sure it wasn't to each other? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so long story short, I had a plan, and uh, I was gonna buy Jill a ring, and I was supposed to get paid. Payment. In, I, I didn't get paid on time, uh, so I was trying. I was scrambling. Long story short, I was really behind that day, and uh, our dinner reservations failed, uh, or they, they they expired. Our dinner reservations fire expired, and so we had to go to another restaurant, which doesn't <laughs> exist now, and the one that's currently there we can't afford to go to. Uh, so, uh, so we don't go there very often anymore. Anyways, uh, long story short, she said yes, but then later I got clowned by the guy uh, who did this like. Uh, it was like a dating game on our honeymoon, so I got clowned for how I did it, and it was it was good. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on that because there's so many similarities. It's a little scary. Tommy and I always joke that we're brothers from another mother, and I think this may prove it. So I too proposed to my wife Jessica on Valentine's Day of 1997. We got married in in August of 97, but. Uh, so uh, we took a trip to Chicago. We're from Illinois. We're living in central Illinois. We took a trip up to Chicago. It was freezing, uh, but we took a, a horse-drawn buggy ride, and they had this Aww. big fur blanket, and we got to ride in the buggy, and while we were riding, I proposed to her. But what's really weird, Tommy, is the restaurant that we went to that night, Tucci Milan, one of our favorite restaurants, also does not exist anymore. <laughs> so there's some strange similarities yeah. there. What's saying was, about Cheryl's oh. relationship? <laughs> it's, yeah. And if you want to know more about our similarities, <laughs> that's on next week's podcast. Lori, Lori, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, go. Okay, so I don't have any proposal stories that I want to share, but when you brought this up, I was kind of thinking what I could share. And um, I'm kind of a sucker for romance. I just am, you know, the whole fairy tale kind of thing. Um, and I'm in a relationship with someone who's not really all about the typical romantic things. And when we first started dating a couple of years ago, we, you know, weren't really quite serious yet, but we had been going out for a little bit and we were in kind of that awkward phase. And I was at work one day and he he called me and said he wanted to come up, he had something to give me. And he, he got to work and I went out and sat in his truck and talked for a minute. And he was so proud, he presented me with a cantaloupe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love it. And, you know, at first I'm like, okay. But but really thinking back on it, it's one of my favorite moments between us because 
that kind of thing, you know, he's all about growing things and nature and farming, and he's very practical. And the cantaloupe ended up being one of the best ones I ever had, but it there was a homegrown one that he had gotten from a, an uncle or a friend, and it was just it's something that I know that was really from his heart, but it was mm-hmm. just... That's, know, not a typical kind that's of That's awesome. Thing. But it was love. grown with love. It was love. grown with love, and it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, we have a great show for you guys today, uh, and we have a, a, a really uh, just a wonderful topic we're all excited about. Uh, and we can honestly make you know multiple podcasts out of it, uh, but we're going to try to sum it up here today in about 20, 30 minutes. So, uh, but the topic is uh, guilt and shame. And so often in the care ministry, uh, we, we come across, uh, uh, you know, unique situations and, and we're, we're often walking with folks uh, who are navigating this. Mm-hmm. And so Tom, um, yeah, you mind lead us off on that? No, not at all. And, and just full transparency. I was talking to Tommy before we got started today and asked if I could have a couple extra minutes at the top, just because this is something that, um, for those of you who don't know my background, I was an, an addictions counselor for several years, uh, 17 years before I was uh, called into full-time ministry. And uh, through that counseling, through family counseling, and through all the the um, uh, coaching and counseling we do as pastors, these topics come up over and over and over again as a root cause of everything from uh you know, relationship struggles to addictions to uh, mental health and and patterns, and so I, you know, we were uh, we were talking that this could really be a sermon series. This could be four podcasts, and so we're really going to hit what we think are the important points or the high points. But just some things I wanted to share with the listeners. Um, couple of the big differences, easy ways to know whether you're in guilt or shame. First of all, I want to say, and I know Tommy's going to talk some more about this, that guilt gets a bad rap. I've heard um, even several preachers who will remain nameless on uh, YouTube and online, different places, talking about how guilt is negative. Um, Guilt is not negative. Guilt is God-given. Guilt is that thing in us that tells us what we're doing is wrong. It's it's what it's what that I I tell people it's kind of that feeling in your gut when you get that oh and you just know that I shouldn't have done that I shouldn't have said that I shouldn't be thinking this, and and guilt spurs us on to action, um, and the easiest way to kind of remember that is that guilt is starts with a G. God starts with a G. Guilt is from God. If we're talking about shame, and, and I'll talk about the difference, but shame is from Satan. So again, easy to remember, because if we're in shame, um, you know, the father of lies is feeding us lies and we're buying into them if, if, we're, if we're in shame. And shame, what shame tells us is not so much that we did a bad thing, but that we are bad. So if I am bad, and, and here's the secret, here's what I tell every person I've ever counseled that comes in and they're struggling with shame. Shame keeps you in your sin. Shame keeps you in your problem. Why? Because if I am bad, then I can only do bad things. And if I can only do bad things, then why would I try to change? So Satan's lie to you is you are the things you do. You'll never be any different. You'll never be able to do any different. And you might as well resign yourself to being that way. And so we stay in these cycles and we stay stuck and we stay in the problem. We stay in our sin. It destroys relationships. We destroy our life. If when we're feeling guilt, we say, you know what? I don't like what I did. I don't like how I feel. I don't like how this affected my relationships. I don't like how this affected the people around me. Um, And I want to do something about it. Now we may need to seek counsel. We need to go to God in prayer. May need to consult scripture 
we may need help to do the right thing. But if we will take the prompting that guilt gives us, the problem is, and I know, again, I don't want to steal everybody's thunder. Tommy's going to talk some more about this. But the problem is, if I don't do something about it, then this stuff begins to get heaped up and, and buried. Mm-hmm. And as it piles up, it will become shame over time. Yep. If I do not heed the guilt, if I do not respond to the prompting of my gut to do something different, to the prompting of the Holy Spirit to do something different, then it will become shame over time. And uh, it, the, the saddest thing for me is just the people that have allowed shame to literally whittle away their self-worth where they really believe they are their problems. And I'll, I'll kind of end with this and, and, and hand it off. But a really wise man, one of my very first Christian mentors in life, Rod, Rod used to say to me, you know, Tom, if, if we are what we do, then all of us are in trouble. He said, thankfully, our worth is grounded in the being of Jesus Christ and that he thought each and every one of us were worth dying for so that we might be forgiven of our sins, found righteous in him and get to spend eternity with God in heaven. Every single one of us. If that is what defines who we are, then it's definitely not the things we do. Now, that doesn't mean we're not responsible. That doesn't mean that there aren't consequences. But what that means is that my worth and my value is not contained in what I do. We're not human doings. We're human beings. We have we have a being. We are created by God. Every single person listening to this, everybody in this room, everybody you meet, God immediately broke the mold. There's nobody else like you. There's not going to be. And God deemed that you were worthy and worth being alive and worth saving. And that should be where we found find our foundation. So, Tommy, I, thank you for giving me yeah. that extra time. But I... I needed to say that. I really appreciate you bringing up, uh, you know, uh, a handful of topics, and hopefully we can unpack a few here. Uh, you know, as we were prepping for this, one, uh, uh, I was telling the team ahead of time, I, I had to go to some of my favorite books. Uh, one of my favorite books was Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And so in in that book, uh, and, and, uh, I can't remember what page it was, but it talks about, you know, the the cardinal virtues. And so, and, and actually when you look at that word cardinal, it has nothing to do with like, uh, you know, with Roman church and anything like that, it's actually the Latin word uh, for the hinge of a door, which, mm. you know, uh, has to do with it. These are very pivotal. And so of the cardinal values, he, uh, he impacts all seven of them. But the first four, though, are actually uh, recognized and they're not really theological values. They're they're what we call um, sip, like uh, they're they're like civil values. They're they're values that, that most people who are civilized and civilized societies recognize as important. So there's a handful, you know, there's like prudence, uh, the uh, which just basically just means like, you know, taking appropriate action. There's temperance, which if you look at like the original intent of that, it has to do with like doing things in moderation. Uh, and then there's also uh, fortitude. And one of the ones I, I, I want to talk about was for this particular podcast was justice. And when, when you look at justice and when you think about that, we, we, that God is just. And so, and we look at that historical uh, context, uh, C.S. Lewis helps us see that it refers to fairness and includes honesty, give and take, truthfulness, keeping promises, and all 
on all he calls and all that side of life. And so just just understand that like that as civilized societies, these are a few things that we that we accept as 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 virtues, as pivotal parts of our society. But then there's also things that as Christians we also accept as theological truths. And and I know that, that some of our listeners, you know, uh, you know, I, I think most of our listeners and us included, we you know we recognize that there is a God and and He is the the yes. founder of all of our moral truths. Um, and and I was reading from another uh, book, just talking about, you know, making arguments for, for God and things like that. And one of the things that came up, and I just kind of want to leave with this, and that is that, you know, that a personal God does exist and objective morals uh, do exist. But some people may say, well, that, how do you know that? And it's like, well, one of the arguments I heard was, you know, uh, th- this writer was talking about, well, if the Nazi experimentation for innocent children is, is evil, and the heroic actions of, of folks who, who who went to go save Jewish children are good. Then how do we account for that? How do we how do we account for that 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 good versus evil? And where does that come from? And I know right now we're in a, we're in a society where it's uh, it's postmodernism. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of skepticism. Or it's my truth is my truth, your truth is your truth. And and you know as with with as much grace as we can possibly say. Uh, that, that doesn't align with the Bible. Well, I'm so glad you said that, Tommy, because that was the first thing that came up was this idea of truthiness. And if you, and, and I'm not going to read it here or talk about it, but I just encourage our listeners to look up the definition of truth by saying something like my truth, you're negating the very definition of truth. Truth is something that stands outside of mm-hmm. my personal opinions or beliefs. Yeah. You know, I can believe the earth is flat, but the truth is the earth is not flat. So just, I could say, well, my truth is Mm -hmm. that if I walk straight across, I'm going to fall off the edge of the earth. Well, I can say that all day long. That's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Like pretending is what it makes me think of. Yeah. 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 Um, Well, and, and, and in the, in the realm of, uh, of God being just, I mean, like, you know, we think about God and and him being a just God. He's also a God. Uh, God is love. Uh, But part of that just too is, is his holiness and and when we when we really dive into scripture and and we see like you know what is what does the Bible say about God's holiness? I mean it, it it's unlike anything we can imagine. You know we read in the Bible that you know uh, you know uh, Isaiah saw the Lord seated on a throne high and exalted, and then you know later in Isaiah you know we see holy 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 with the Lord Almighty. So it's like when they say it three times like that is a that that's very very important. And when we look at the word holy and what that means and and being just and, and, and where all of our moral roots and foundation comes from, you know, it, it just basically that word holy in, in the Hebrew just means marked off, withdrawn from, uh, from common or ordinary use. And so, uh, as we, as we look at, you know, where uh, we think about in the, in the context of guilt and shame, it's like, you know, when we're, when we see in the Bible or, or we read or someone helps us, you know, see, uh, that what we're doing is doesn't align with the Bible. There, there is a sense of guilt and, uh, uh, and we or, or conviction, however you want to see it, and and it's that that moment where we have a choice: do we want to accept this as truth, or are we going to reject it? Yeah, Lori, I know um, you, you kind of said it at the top before we got started that this was going to be a serious and, and heavy topic. We didn't do a whole lot of of giving each other time to prep. But uh, just before we kind of dive deeper, because I know Tommy and I never have a shortage of anything to say. <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to yes. give yeah. you an, I want to give you an opportunity to weigh in yeah. here. Well, that that's true. And honestly, as we talked about this subject, I kind of had to research a little bit, the difference between guilt and shame, because I didn't really know, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, and, 
and I just, I just kind of, you know, looked around a little bit and, and sort of what I came up with was, um, guilt is more like an awareness of failure against a set standard against truth. And, you know, which is obviously God's truth. Um, and shame is a failure based on the way someone else sees us or we see ourselves. Mm, and, good. and when you, you have shame, it, it feels to me like you're putting your expectations higher than God's. No, that's good. I, I, the tie-in yeah. for me to, to what you're saying and what Tommy was just saying, first of all, I really like what you said about shame being sort of how I either see other people viewing me and or view myself. Mm-hmm. And I think shame can os- often become what we call a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, yeah. if I think I am bad and that people see me as bad and negative, I will often respond and react out of that belief. Yes. And then when I treat people nasty and they're bad back to me, I say that's proof I right. was right. That proves, that but I'm, I'm bringing that back. And Tommy, what you were saying about the standard in God and God's holiness, all I could, all I could think about was shame keeps us in our sin, sin makes us apart from God because we can't approach his holiness. And that's how Satan wins is he doesn't want us to have a relationship with God. He doesn't Mm -hmm. want us to approach God. Whereas guilt says, you know, maybe I need to do something about this. Maybe I need to come to God. Maybe I need to repent. Therefore I can approach God because we remember, I was thinking about this today, you know, Jesus talks about righteousness and we're going to be talking about that in, in the Yes series that we're doing here as a church. And yet we know Scripture says that not one is righteous. And so our righteousness only comes through our repentance and our acceptance of Christ and allowing God to do in and through us what we can't do for ourselves. So uh, just just a huge topic, not only when it comes to our own feelings and thoughts about ourself, but also in our ability to have a relationship with God. Yeah. Another thought I had um, about shame is it's kind of an unrealistic expectation. Um, You know, I, I, I have shame because sometimes my kids come home and my house is a mess, but who, who sets the standard for a messy house? God God doesn't care what my my house looks like. Um, And also, you know, we talked about shame, defining we are bad, who we are. Well, without God, we are. We do have that shame. And if it weren't for Jesus, um, we we would live in that shamefulness. That's good. Yeah. Well, and and one thing too, I, you know, uh, kind of on this topic of, uh, of relativism and also um, like, like fabricating things like we were talking about, Lori, Mm -hmm. you know, one thing I was reminded about when I was doing some research was, you know, some of the, the, uh, the conceptions of sin and where the origins of sin. And some people will, will rationalize, you know, their sin and they'll say, well, it's just my animal nature, or this is, this is a result of, you know, me struggling financially. So I need to do this, or I need to do that. And it's, it's, it's just, no, what, what we need to do, I mean, and again, just with as much grace as possible is to go back and to see that, you know, when you go back to all the way back to Genesis and, and then throughout the Bible, we see that we're in a a fallen world. And that just impacts us so many different ways. I mean, you know, the, the heart is deceitful above all things. And so like even, even our thoughts, if, if, you know, we, we need to, we need to challenge our thoughts and think about our thinking. And, you know, if, if we're trying to, if we're trying to figure out like, you know, is this, do I even accept this as truth? Is this truth? And then, uh, is, is, is a question we need to, we need to challenge our thoughts and, and run that through the Bible. But then it's also, you know, if, 
uh, when we do come across things, because we're all, we all see, we all have guilt and in, in, in the church, we call it conviction. And, and based on that conviction, just, it's it just talking about, you know, when you unpack that word and you go back to the root of it, it just has to do with, you know, exposing, uh, correction, uh, showing that proving, proving that there's wrong or showing that we're guilty of something. And it's not to be like, Hey, you're guilty. It, it's, it's a reminder to be like, look, I'm a, I'm a broken person and I desperately need Jesus. And I, I like, I hadn't thought about this before, Tommy just kind of came to me. You were talking about the scripture that says the heart is deceitful above all things. And many of you have heard me mention, and if you haven't before, you will, that I love Dallas Willard and all of his writings. And I listened to some of his talks on YouTube. And one of the things he was talking about the other day is that, you know, our feelings are God given that emotions, you know, Jesus expressed emotion, but the heart is the seat of the emotions. And so part of what that scripture means to me about our heart being deceitful is that I can't, I can't judge reality and truth. I can't judge what's going on yep. with me by my feelings. And then the scripture tells us to take every thought captive. So even though our intelligence and our thought and our capacity for thought is to lead our emotions, that we're to have intellect over emotion, even our intellect needs to be God guided, that I need to take every thought captive. And it, it really ties in nicely to our topic today because and, and Lori, you alluded to this in several different ways, that shame is really based a lot on an emotional response. Right. It's yep. not grounded in truth and fact. It's grounded in reaction and emotion um, and probably anything but using our critical thinking. Right. And, and, and Go ahead. If you're, if you're not grounded in the truth and in the Bible, how will you ever know the difference between shame oh, yeah. and guilt? Yeah, right. absolutely. Well, and, you know, uh, the... The one thing I, I, the the good news is, I know we've been talking a lot about, you know, being convicted and, and guilty and shame and, and, and I, if, if I can give you a little bit of a, if I can encourage you with a little bit of freedom and that is like, we look at things that, uh, that we measure ourselves up against like the, the 10 commandments. And if we're, if we're being objective and, and we're looking at the 10 commandments, we have all broken them. Every single person, mm-hmm. every single person is guilty. So, you know, we look at Romans three, uh, you know, in Romans three, multiple times, it tells us that no one is righteous like that. That means that, that we've all broken, uh, the law, uh, in Romans three twenty three. you know, we all fall short of the glory of God. And so just, I, I it's my hope you can rest in that, but, can, the, but the can good I bring news some is, levity but, there too? But, but, but the good <laughs> news is, but the good news is, is that Christ, you know, God sent Jesus to die uh, for our sins on behalf of us. And, and, and that the praise God, that God sees us as, as righteous and as spotless because of what Jesus did on the cross, not because of anything that we do. Amen. Amen. Yeah. There was a, I, 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 I think it's good in heavy topics like this to bring in some humor. And I was listening to a speaker once. His name was Clancy Ismuslind, and, and Clancy ran a midnight mission for the homeless out in West Los Angeles for probably 50-some years. Just died last year, I believe. But uh, Clancy was uh, kind of rough around the edges and had a edgy humor. <laughs> and one day I heard Clancy talking, and he said, it's a good thing God forgives and loves us because uh, I've broken every commandment except I have not come coveted my neighbor's manservant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, and, you know, I, I know we're getting ready to wrap up here soon, but, you know, one of the things, too, I, I was reminded of as I was getting ready to, you know, getting ready for this was, is that, you know, uh, reading scripture and just like what Lori said, you know, like we, we don't know what truth is unless we ground it in God's word. God, you know, God is uh, is is the originator of, of, of all the moral laws, and, and that's where we get our... 
that, that that's where we find our uh, our north when we're, when we're looking at it for a compass. We, you know, we we look at our compass, our moral compass, and we can see that God is saying this is this is the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm, and for those uh, Mandalorian fans too, yes, you know, even Mandalorians say this is the way. <laughs> but I'm not talking about that way. I'm talking about God's way. Um, but it's it's good though. I mean, like I I know for me. Uh, it, it's uh, there, there's a theologian I listen to, and uh, a lot of times he'll he'll say things and he'll remind me of things or he'll bring things to my attention. And it, his his quote is, "You either got to say amen or ouch." And so, but you know, and and so you know, there are there are many times where I'm listening to him and I'm like, "Ouch!" And so, but it's a good ouch. It's like you know what? I didn't see things that way. And so, it's this illumination that's good for us. And so, it it can be tough. Uh, you know, it it. It may cause us to, to look down a little bit, but praise God, we can look up and say, thank you for Jesus for, for dying for me. Mm-hmm. Thank you for, for this direction that, that is not only for my good, but for God's glory. And so uh, one of the last things I just want to touch on was just this this small paragraph. It's about three sentences uh, by an artist, or not artist, <laughs> excuse me, this three sentences by this uh, author, R.L. Thomas. He says, uh, typical sins that... It, uh, Typical sins that occasion convict include illegitimate sexual relations, uh, ungodly deeds, and false teaching. The guilty are shown the wrongness of such activity and are pointed away f- away from it towards repentance. Conviction of sin implies an educative discipline. The inflexible standard of divine righteousness is brought to bear on sin, and a turning in obedience to God is shown to be the desirable alternative to remaining in a sinful state. Mm-hmm. And so it's like... When, when we, when we, when we, when we're convicted, when we see that, look, this is not the right way. God's like, look, you don't have to stay in this state, uh, you know, by my grace, uh, you know, in, you know, through, uh, the, the, through Jesus, we can get through this. And so you don't have to stay here. I'm struck by the thought that if I were listening to this podcast, I might be wanting an example. Yeah. And so for those of you who either are attending online or back to attending church in person, um, or have had this experience in the past where you show up to church and the message starts and you look around because you wonder if people knew what was going on in your life and somehow inform the pastor <laughs> yeah. to right. bring this topic How does he up know this about right. me? <laughs> and he's talking directly to you. Well, that would be conviction folks. Yeah. And that's an invitation to a healing that is God inviting you. And by the way, he's talking to everybody in the audience at the same time, yes. not yes. just you, but that is his personal invitation to you to heal. And, um, I used to, actually hate that whenever my mentor would say it's an invitation to a healing Tom, <laughs> but he was right, but he was right. And it is, and, yeah. it's, and it's an, it's an honor because it's an invitation from God. And what I want to say is that repentance often, not always, but often and usually requires action. Mm-hmm. And so guilt and conviction are the beginning of a process. And we would be, uh, remiss if we didn't say, uh, it, this is care ministry. We have groups, we have healing groups, we have places where if this conviction is ongoing, if this guilt is ongoing, if you've been listening to this today and you go, you know what, I think I've been living in shame. I haven't been living in guilt and I haven't been taking action. Uh, we would love to counsel with you, to pray with you, to get you to a Christian counselor if it needs to be long-term to get you plugged into one of our support groups. So if you're listening and you go, yeah, this is hitting home, you know, just this last week I was convicted or, or whatever's going on and you don't know what action to take. That's part of why we're here. We want to help you take that action. Yeah. We want to encourage you and pray for you and direct you and let you know you're not alone, that, that God is, is convicting all of us ongoing. And I hope you can get to a point, and I think Tommy was alluding to this with that last reading, where we begin to embrace that, where we mm-hmm. show up to church. 
I don't want to say hoping, but almost looking for where is God going to talk to me? Where in my life is he refining me? You know, he has a glorious uh, present and future for you, for me, for us, and he wants to help us be ready to walk into it and to inherit what we have coming in heaven and what he has for us here on earth. And if we're walking in sin, if we're unrepentant, if we're living in shame, we won't be able to step into that. And so again, this is this is a happy thing. This is a good thing. This should be an encouraging thing to you. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and I love that. And uh, yeah, before we get ready to wrap up, you know, thanks for saying that, Tom. I mean, I yeah, I, you know, th- this is a this is a safe place. This is a place where. Uh, where you can heal. And, and, and we love you. Uh, if you're listening to this, I just want to say, maybe you haven't heard it today. You know, you are loved and we love you. And as much as we love you, the, 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 the best news is that you have a wonderful father in heaven who loves you so much more. And we just want to connect you. So, Lori, I'm not going to ask you to pray because you don't like doing that on the spot, <laughs> I but I am going to say you get last word today. Yes. Okay. I guess just my thought as you guys were wrapping up was just thinking about things in my own life that I have, I have had or have shame about, or, or just people that I know in my life who are just, just bogged down and just covered up with shame and who, who don't even know that they can, they can look to God and they can, they can get rid of that, that, I don't know, I kind of want to call it false guilt, that shame that isn't true so that they can get rid of those things and then they can deal with guilt instead of being bogged down in shame. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, that's just kind of on my heart. People who, who, who just don't know the difference, who just think shame is just who they are and who they will always be. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a bright spot to me to just think about, you know, some th- personal things that I deal with. Yeah. And, and honestly, I never, I never thought about the difference between shame and guilt until today. Yeah. So. It's good stuff. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for today, God. We thank you for loving us. Uh, we thank you for, uh, uh, if you're not in Southern Indiana, it's snowing a little bit today. So it's just a beautiful, beautiful sight. But as beautiful as that is, God, uh, we don't want to worship uh, the creation. God, we want to worship you, the creator. And God, we hope we did that. Uh, God, we hope that uh, that this message uh, that we talked about today of guilt and shame, uh, or guilt, guilt versus shame, God, uh, instills hope and, and provides hope uh, for someone listening. Uh, God, it, it's our prayer that uh, with all of us, God, that we just embrace uh, th- those moments where, where you illuminate our hearts uh, on, on things that, uh, that we're not aligned with personally uh, when it comes to your word and uh, what we read in the Bible. So, God, we just, we just pray that, uh, that you give us the strength and the courage to embrace that and to, uh, to turn towards you and, uh, and to repent. Uh, and seek out your will. And that, that's what we pray for anyone, God, too, who's listening, is that uh, when we're illuminated and we're, we're seen and, we're, and we see that you know, we're guilty of, 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 of violating your laws or we're convicted, uh, God, that we, uh, we turn uh, to you and we repent. Uh, God, I just pray that you just uh, bless this day. And uh, God, and everything, may we just bring glory, honor, praise, and worship to you alone and uh, lift up the name of Jesus as high as we can. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. And don't forget, you can always follow us at 7 a.m. on Thursday mornings uh, with new episodes or, or previous episodes. You can find us on Facebook, Amazon Music, Spotify, or Apple Music. Uh, you can also go to mynorsa.com slash care. We love you guys, and we'll see you next week.